welcome in to a new edition of the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast. I am your host, TJ McBride of MileHighSports.com. That is where you can find all of the content that we produce every single day on Mile High Sports, whether it's Broncos, Rockies, Avalanche, or of course the Nuggets as you're listening to this podcast. You can find it all on MileHighSports.com. If you're looking specifically for Nugget stuff, just click the Nuggets icon in the top right corner. We are going to dive into just a complete slaughtering that the Nuggets put on tonight. I mean, the Nuggets absolutely handled the Portland Trailblazers. The final score was 124 to 98, but the Nuggets were up by as many as 31 points in this game. They thoroughly and entirely outplayed Portland in every single facet in this game. I mean, when you just look at the numbers, the Nuggets had 66 points in the paint to the Trailblazers 44. They had 22 second chance points to Portland's 19. Um, They had 12 fast break points to Portland's two. I mean, in every single way that you can look at this game, Denver outplayed them. They outshot them. They had more rebounds. They had more assists. They had less turnovers. I mean, you name it, Denver did a better job in this game. It was absolutely phenomenal to see them finally fire on all cylinders. And not only was it offensively, which was great. I mean, the Nuggets were phenomenal in this game offensively and were really just humming and were creating great shots all night, but it was their defense that really led the way. I mean, they were phenomenal in, uh, defensively in terms of bottling up CJ McCollum, who has hurt them this uh, this series, and also in terms of slowing down Damian Lillard and keeping him contained, which is something they have done pretty well throughout the series. So don't get me wrong. Lillard had 22 points on 21 shots tonight, but everything was difficult nothing there was no big runs that he really went on he had a good first quarter but nothing that was spectacular so for the Nuggets to be able to go in and defend the way they did to basically play Canner off the floor to slow down Lillard to bottle up CJ to hold them to just brutal shooting numbers to only allow Harkless and Amini to score eight total points I mean the fact that Denver had 62 total rebounds and 52 of them were defensive their defensive energy and intensity in this game was just out of this world so that was huge that was a very big takeaway from this game but of course Paul Millsap was big in this game had a very nice night. Nikola Jokic had another effortless game where he put up 25 points, 19 rebounds, and 6 assists. Jamal Murray continues to play incredibly uh, incredibly well. He was well-rounded once again tonight. So, We're going to get into all of those things for this Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast, as well as dive into some Twitter questions that came in from listeners, obviously through Twitter. Uh, Before we do that, I want to give a quick shout out to the Regulators Production Group. They are the reason this podcast sounds as good as it does. Their beats on the intro and outro of this podcast are what make it sound so much more professional. Without them, it would not be the same podcast, and you got to go follow Regulators Regime on Instagram and Rod Simba on Instagram. That is R-O-D-S-Y. MBA and then Regulators Regime. Go follow them on on Instagram. They are the best. And for any audio production needs you may have, they can absolutely hook it up. And of course, the presenting sponsor of this podcast is Terrapin Care Station. There would not be a Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast without Terrapin Care Station supporting this podcast on the back end. They have been huge. And without them, again, there is not a show. So before I go any further, here is a quick word from Terrapin Care Station. 
Before we get into the rest of the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast, let me give you one quick word from our sponsors over at Terrapin Care Station. Since 2010, Terrapin Care Station has been providing patients and customers with high-quality cannabis products at everyday low prices. Serving the communities of Denver, Boulder, and Aurora, they offer their own flour and concentrates, as well as all the brands you love at prices that you just won't believe. They pride themselves in having the most knowledgeable and professional staff in the industry, and their team will work with you one-on-one to help you find the products that are perfect for you. Their dispensaries are unassuming, safe, and discreet with ample parking at every location for a seamless retail experience. For up-to-date menus and promotions, head over to www.terrapincarestation.com or just come visit one of their five convenient Colorado locations today. Again, that is terrapincarestation.com, T-E-R-R-A-P-I-N, carestation.com. How great Denver was defensively in this game. I mean, they ended up holding the Blazers to just 36.7% shooting from the field. Portland only hit 10 of their 37 threes, which is good for 27%. And overall, Denver played this game as well as they could have. CJ McCollum only had 12 points on 5 of 16 shooting. That is a great night defending CJ McCollum. Damian Lillard, yes, had 22 points in this game in a very good first quarter, but he shot 9 of 21 in this game. He was 2 of 9 from 3. For the Nuggets to be able to make him a negative 22 when he was on the floor and he still scored 22 points and led the team, that's huge. That means the Nuggets were absolutely killing Lillard despite the fact that he was playing so well. Um, in addition to that, Ennis Kanner, 2 of 9 from the field, only 7 points. He was completely played off of the floor in this game. I mean, he ended up only logging 25 minutes because they continually kept going back to Zach Collins and to Myers Leonard to be able to make up the minutes for him because he was so bad in that regard. There was just nothing that he could do in this game. And then when you get only eight total points between Mo Harkless and Al Farouk Aminu on three of 11 shooting, they just didn't get any supplementary help outside of their bench unit, which most of their points came in garbage time. I do. So this is one thing I would look for going looking ahead to game six is that Rodney Hood has been killing this Nuggets team all series long. They do not have a matchup for him defensively. Jamal Murray cannot hide on him defensively. He just continually gets eaten alive on defense by Rodney Hood. So in my opinion... I think you're going to see probably Al Farouk Aminu come out, or, or maybe a Mo Harkless, either one of the two, come out of this starting lineup, and then you'll see a Rodney Hood be entered in. I also would not be surprised if Ennis Cantor gets benched for a guy like Zach Collins, because they just need some more productivity out of that front court that isn't just empty numbers like Ennis Cantor has been, especially when he's only going to make two of his nine shots in this game, despite the fact that he had three offensive rebounds. So I would expect Rodney Hood to get a lot more run because they need his offense, and I would expect a guy like Zach Collins to be inserted into that starting lineup for Ennis Cantor, who just... He is a disaster for them right now. He is getting entirely played off the floor, and there is nothing he can do defensively to make up for his lack of offensive production. So... That's just Portland is not in a good spot in that sense. I don't know what they're going to do, but they need more offense. They're not going to be able to slow down Denver. So I think that's what you do. You got to just go in there. You start Zach Collins. You start Rodney Hood. You bench Harkless. Or, yeah, you bench Harkless and you bench Cantor and you just roll with it. And you just got to do what you got to do because clearly what they are doing is not working at this point. 
The other big thing Denver did defensively in this game was they rebounded the shit out of the basketball in this game. They out-rebounded Portland by 18. It was 62-44. to That's right, Denver had 62 rebounds in this game. Even better is that 52 of them came on the defensive end of the floor. That means the Nuggets had more defensive rebounds than Portland had total rebounds, despite the fact that Portland had 13 offensive boards in this game. Denver just ate them alive on the defensive glass, and because of that, there was not very many opportunities. I mean, yes, they had 13 offensive rebounds, but they defended it well, first of all. They only shot 7 of 15 on second chance points, but when you can get 52 defensive rebounds, despite the fact that you gave up 13 offensive rebounds, you did your job as a defense. That is so many defensive rebounds where they ended that possession in a big way. So, overall, this was one of Denver's best defensive gains, but also, this is not to say that Portland didn't just miss everything in sight, because they kind of did. When you shoot 16 of 30 from the free throw line, that is something that is going to be very telling that Portland just was not here for this game, whether it was fatigue, whether it was, I, I don't know what it was, but when you miss 14 of your 30 free throws, you can't come back from that. Lillard was 2 of 5 from the free throw line in this game I mean you oh man uh Myers Leonard was 0 of 4 from the free throw line you had so many players struggling from the charity stripe in this one and if you're going to try and beat Denver when they're shooting well you can't miss that many free throws because that 14 point distance would have made this a 12-ish point game which is enough for Damian Lillard to be able to get hot and at least make it interesting but when you miss that many free throws you're not going to have an opportunity to bounce back and that's really what happened in this game um, moving on from the defense, though, well, you know what? Sticking with the defense, Paul Millsap was the tone center defensively in this game. He was flying around there. Weak side defense was phenomenal. He was so good as a help side defender. He was getting his hands on so many balls that were 50-50 balls or whatever. He only had one steal and two blocks technically, but he impacted the game so much more defensively than those stats say. So what a game defensively from Paul Millsap, but offensively, he was extremely good in this as, in this game as well. We're at the point now where it's pretty much Paul Millsap has been the Nuggets X factor in this in the postseason, but particularly against the Portland Trailblazers. There is nothing they can do to slow him down when he gets going. They had to double him going back to game one. Now they've single covered, whether it's Canner or Aminu on him, and he is just killing whoever is in front of him. I mean, Paul Millsap finished 10 of 18, I'm sorry, 9 of 17 from the field in this game, hit two of his three three-pointers, had 24 points, eight rebounds, two assists, one steal, and two block shots in 33 and a half minutes. That is just, it is a full filling of the stat sheet, not a stuffing. He's not like, you know, he's not going out there and getting you 38 and 5 like, like Nicole has been doing, but... He fills in every gap the Nuggets need him to. If they need some defensive energy, there he is. If the Nuggets are missing shots early in the game and need someone just to settle things down, there's Paul. If they need a guy who can get on the ground and play dirty, gritty basketball and really fight for 50-50 balls and things like that, Paul's the guy. You need a weak side defender, Paul's the guy. You want to switch him on to the best front court matchup, Paul is the guy. He fills in so many gaps for this Nuggets team that he needs to be given more credit for what he has brought to the table. There is a reason he is the Nuggets $30 million man, and he may not produce like a LeBron James or somebody else who's making $30 million. His impact on the Nuggets is absolutely worth the money that he is being paid, and the growth that he has helped push the Nuggets towards is a big reason for the money 
money that he is being paid. In my opinion, he has already been worth the money that he has been paid at this point. The $60 million over two years is 100% justified at this point, despite the fact that the Nuggets had to use that money in some capacity anyway. So... For them to get this much value out of him, despite the fact that, no, he's not going to lead your team in scoring every night, he's not going to be your best rebounder, he's not going to be your main facilitator, he might not even be your best defender on a night-to-night basis, but he will do every tiny little thing it takes for this Nuggets team to win, and we continually keep seeing more and more of that from Mil- from Millsap as the playoffs continually move along. I mean, he has been huge, and without him... This game would have been very tough for Denver. It would have been another grinded out kind of game. But Millsap set the tone and he went out there and he took care of business as the Nuggets needed him to do. But the other guy who took care of business was, of course, Nikola Jokic. And the fact that it's taken this long to get to him is actually pretty revealing about how good of a game this was overall for the Nuggets. Still, Nikola Jokic finishes with 25 points, shooting 10 of 18 from the field. He had 19 rebounds, six of which were offensive, and six assists against three turnovers, all which came in the first quarter, if I remember correctly. In Nikola Jokic's 34 minutes, the Nuggets outscored Portland by 26 points. He was so good in this game, and it was quiet. He wasn't a he didn't feel like the dominant force that he has been throughout the playoffs, but that did not change the fact that he did indeed dominate. He's the first player to ever post that stat line of 25 points, 19 rebounds, and 6 assists in the th- in 34 minutes or less. In addition to that, he is now the second player since 2010, I believe, to put up those numbers since LeBron James. I mean, even in the games where Nikola Jokic, like, this might have been his second or third worst playoff game of this run so far, and he still put up 25, 19, and 6. That is just absurd, and... The fact that he's doing this, and the fact that he got rest on top of this and only played 34 minutes when he's averaging just a hair below 40 minutes in the playoffs, that's incredible. They got everything they needed. Nikola was great. He is now rested. He was, I mean, everywhere in this game. They were so productive with him on the floor, and he shot well. I mean, it's hard to be upset. And in addition to that, his defense has been spectacular. He now has the hot, the best defensive rating of all rotation players for the Nuggets in the playoffs over all 12 games. He almost had his first 2020 playoff game tonight. I mean, six offensive rebounds just for him? I mean, it's incredible what Nikola Jokic has been able to do despite all the narratives surrounding him and the questions surrounding how he would perform in the playoffs. In my opinion, he has blown all expectations out of the water entirely, and we are now in a position to where Nikola Jokic has transcended as good as we thought he could be. He's averaging like 25 points a game, 13 rebounds, and 9 assists right now, over almost 40 minutes played while shooting 50-40-85 from the field. I mean, it is unprecedented numbers that he is posting, and in addition to doing all of that, He's only averaging two and a half turnovers a game. He's making everybody else better around him, and he's been arguably Denver's second or third best defender in the playoffs. All of the boxes that I could think for Nikola Jokic to check, he has checked in these first two series. And not only that, Denver's had to battle. He's had to battle for them to go to seven games against the Spurs, for them now to have a game six in Portland with potentially a game seven back in Denver. Nicola's had to fight for all of this, and he has showed up and handled it. And for him to play 65 minutes, have one day off in between games, and then play another 40 minutes directly after and have a triple-double, like, we're seeing the resiliency from him as well. So, 
I'm just stunned. I mean, I knew Nikola Jokic was incredible. I've been watching him for, you know, ever since he came overseas to America to play basketball. I've been watching this guy play, and I'm still just flabbergasted when I watch him do these things. He is one of the most transcendent players I have ever seen and probably will ever see. I tweeted this out earlier this morning, well, yesterday morning now, where... Everyone keeps talking about how Giannis is ushering in a new era of nug- or of just basketball in general. I think you can put Nikola Jokic right next to him and how they're changing the game and ushering in an entirely new era. That is where we are at with Nikola, and that is how dominant he has been. He is changing the way that we should look at the game of basketball from a positional sense. That is transcendent. That is leaving a mark on the game that will potentially last forever. That is how good Nikola Jokic has been, and we should not take it for granted because man what a monster he has been throughout these playoffs and over the 82 regular game or regular season games that were played before it he has just been spectacular in every single sense of the word um also, Jamal Murray, who has been arguably the second most important player on this Nuggets team in the playoffs, has now strung together multiple fantastic, well-rounded games, in my opinion. So tonight, 7 of 16 from the field isn't great. Either is 1 of 5 from 3. It wasn't like he blew you away with his stats, but still... 18 points on 16 shots is positive at that point. Added in 5 rebounds, 2 of which was worth... Which, which of... Huh. Sorry, lost my ability to speak. Three of which were, uh, I'm sorry, two of which were offensive rebounds. I'm sorry, it's 2.30 in the morning. I'm struggling here. Also, this is the big thing for me. Nine assists, zero turnovers. Not only is he hitting incredibly tough shots, which he did in this game. Not only is he stretching the floor and hitting threes, which he did in this game. Not only is he getting to the foul line and having these big dunks, which he did in this game. He is creating for his teammates, and he is running this offense better than he has ever done in his career. The fact that Nikola Jokic and him basically just run a two-man game back and forth, and they reweave dribble handoffs and pick and rolls together, and he just continually keeps making the right read right now. It has been the best playmaking stretch of Jamal Murray's career, and in my opinion, it is not close. He has been so good as a playmaker, and it's been such a it's been a revelation for the Nuggets. It has provided them not just with a second hero to help out Nikola Jokic, but someone who can help Jokic himself, who can continually set up Nikola with good looks, who can also create looks using their own gravity for other teammates like Gary Harris and Tory Craig. So, to see the way that Jamal Murray has matured as an offensive player in this series, in these playoffs, has been huge. I mean, that this is the next frontier for Jamal Murray as an offensive player. Can you legitimately be a bona fide point guard? Can you, I mean, in Denver, you can be a shooting guard who plays point guard because of Nikola Jokic. But if you can, if he can actually take the ball in his hands and take pressure off Nikola and break down a defense and make the right reads and make smart decisions with the passes he is throwing, that is going to change this nugget ceiling so much. And that's going to be a big deal looking down the line. Still, he was destroyed defensively in this game. He has to be better defensively. He can't let Rodney Hood just eviscerate him. He has to get stronger to deal with the likes of Mo Harkless, and he can't let Lillard and McCollum just walk by him. There are a lot of things he needs to improve defensively, but offensively, he has been as good as he has ever been in these stretches in the playoffs. He has stood up and stood out in a gigantic way that Denver desperately needed him to do. 
Alright, time for what is my favorite segment, as people know, which is answering questions from listeners. And I got picked three tonight because I'm very tired, I am very sorry, um, but let's dive into them. Mile High Sports Guy on Twitter asked, in a close game, is Craig's defense more valuable or Barton's offense? I, this is a great question, by the way. Just to start this off, it's a fantastic question, and it's ac- and recently Michael Malone has rolled with Will Barton in the to close games, not Tory Craig. Um, there's a lot of things that go into this, though. It's the matchup, I think, because Will Barton has been a good enough defender to be able to make up the difference in terms of how good he's been offensively, um, which isn't great, but it's been productive, and also Tory Craig just took a gigantic shot to the face. He has been struggling overall with just injuries and pain and things like that and he hasn't necessarily been a complete effortless lockdown defender on anybody you put him on he's been very good defensively that's not this is not to take away from Tory but he hasn't been a world beater in the way that he is unquestionable or unquestionably not going to get taken out of the end of game situations in addition to that when Will Barton is on and he's playing well he takes this Nuggets team to a level that Torrey Craig can just not. He does not have the firepower, the skill set, or really just the the polish as a player to be able to take the Nuggets to the level that Will Barton can when he's on. And that's why Michael Malone played Will Barton 25 minutes tonight and Torrey Craig just 23. He, he rolled with Will Barton to close that game. And Will hit two of his five threes. He was three of nine from the field, 10 points, and was a plus 16 in this game. So... I, I do think it's matchup dependent. I think that in the Spurs series that you had a lot more um, help by playing Tory Craig in that series than you would with, than Will Barton. But against Portland, I do think Will Barton makes more sense than Tory Craig. So it is a weird kind of situation for both parties, and it's just going to be specifically matchup based. If they don't have a good matchup for Tory Craig to really help out with. It's not going to be the best scenario for him because Will Barton makes more sense in more ways at that point. So. While it's a very good question, there just isn't really an answer to it because it fully depends on what moment in time you're talking about, who's on the court, who they're playing, and who's hot. That's really what it comes down to. The point is, is that the Nuggets have the benefit of really looking at either Will Barton, Malik Beasley, or Torrey Craig to close the game. All three of them provide different things in different ways, and whoever's hot, whoever is the hot hand can close the game at any given point. So... That's the important part. The Nuggets have options. Um, Moving on, Big Honeypot on Twitter asked, can this Denver team beat the Rockets? No, no, no. They can't beat Houston or Golden State. That's not to say that there's some fluke that may happen that allows the Nuggets to get past them on a 1% level, but I don't believe that there is any scenario in which the Nuggets have the firepower, the schematic matchups, or any kind of anything to exploit against either of those teams. I do think Denver has enough firepower to shoot with both of those teams to potentially get a game or two from them, but I do not see either of those series going seven games, and I do not see the Nuggets winning either of those series, whether it's the Rockets or the Warriors, especially the Rockets, who just kill Denver, because when you have Clint Capella and you have James Harden, and you have shooters surrounding the two of them, there is nothing Denver can do to slow them defensively. There is just nothing. It's just pick your poison, and they're all going to kill you. It just is what it is, and we've watched this happen over and over and over again to the point where I'm surprised that we're still getting this because I don't think there's any situation in which the Nuggets can beat either of those teams unless something completely ridiculous happens or somebody gets hurt. 
Uh, question from JK on Twitter is, am I crazy to think Denver needs to close this out in seven because they won't know what to do with all the rest in game before game? Or, I'm sorry, close. Let me rephrase this. I am way too tired. Um, am I crazy to think Denver needs to close this out in six games because they won't know what to do with all that rest before game seven? I don't think it's a crazy thought because Denver has had no rest basically through all of these playoffs. Um, I believe it was Zach Lowe who pointed out that Denver has played 29 games in 40 days. This is me trying to remember to remember off the top of my head. It was something like that where the Nuggets have only had one situation where they had more than one day off going back to like March 10th. Like the Nuggets have played so many games, but because of that, they're in a rhythm with it. They know that they're playing the next day coming up. So when you all of a sudden you have three days off or whatever it's going to be between game six and game seven, that could take a toll on a team. But also, the Nuggets could just use the rest. I mean, shit, they've playing. So they're running their guys into the ground with how many minutes they're playing. And that's this is a team who played a four-overtime game. I really think they could use the rest. I really think that would benefit them quite a bit. But there is something to be said that maybe they would struggle out the, out of the gate just because they don't have that rhythm that they had for so long. Thank you guys so much for listening. I really appreciate you guys sticking around. Get ready for game six. It is going to be incredibly fun. Um, I do think Portland wins game six. I've been wrong a ton this series, so don't hold. Me, so don't think that I'm like an oracle over here because I am as far from it as you can get. But I do think that Damian Lillard finally has that big Lillard night. I think they win game six and the Nuggets win game seven. I mean, it just feels like a mirror image of the Spurs series. It can say very different team, and it's headed that way as it is right now. But regardless, what a win. What a fun time. Um, last thing I want to say is I wanted to stop and send love to all the families who are affected by the shooting at the STEM school in Highlands Ranch. Michael Malone had two daughters that were locked down, not at that school, but at a school nearby. I had family that was nearby and was also on lockdown. It is absolutely an atrocity to see our children being gunned down by arbitrary, hateful individuals with guns they are able to buy far too easily to hurt so many people that do not deserve it. I already wrote a big piece on this. It is on Mile High Sports right now about Michael Malone's intense thoughts about this entire situation and how awful it is. Malone talked about how he was texting his daughters, telling them they were going to be okay, without even knowing if he could believe it himself, and he called it a parent's worst nightmare. Like, if those things don't shake you to the core, nothing will, and it's awful to hear that so many people have been affected by this, and that a poor child had died in that shooting, and that seven others were injured. There is no reason for it. It is awful to see it happen, and it needs to end sooner rather than later. It needs to end tomorrow. This is just not okay. We are putting the lives of our children at risk over everything else, and that is just absolutely asinine to me, but that is all I want to say on that. More than anything, all of the love goes to the families that were affected by this horrific incident, as well as Michael Malone's family, who was trying to deal with the trauma of this as well. So, from me, TJ McBride, that is all I got. Um, make sure to subscribe to this podcast on all major platforms. It is on all um, podcast listening platforms that I could think of. It is on iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes. It is on Google Play. It is on CastBox, Player FM, Stitcher, all of those. So definitely make sure to go subscribe or follow, whatever it is. Leave a review. Leave a comment. Give me a five-star rating. Those things really, really help in terms of helping the show get better and better, find more sponsors, and just continually allowing it to grow bigger and bigger. So thank you guys so much for sticking around. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you soon.